0: So are the Braves better after the winter meetings? We're looking to add. We're not looking to subtract. We have not talked about subtracting from our club. We're looking to add.
1: From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano. And, uh, Justin, you have survived Nashville, and you've seen the Braves come back with a new left fielder and a little lighter walk.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, they, um, they made a move there, short up left field. Jay, there wasn't a ton going on. That Nashville hotel for the winter meetings is a uh, is as one veteran reporter put it to me, a f- five mile octopus. <laughs> Big old um, Opryland hotel. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a. I I still I think I could show up there for another week and not know where I'm going still. Um, but no, it was it was good. But because of Shohei, because of Yamamoto, whoever it might be. Um, because of, you know, Snell, because of the bigger free agents, things haven't really moved, man. Um, and it was, it was a little bit of a slow event that is until, um, and this was after I got home until the Padres officially dealt Juan Soto. So there was one big move you could, uh, you could point to, but for the Braves, man, shoring up position, uh, they leave there, um, with probably irons in the fire, but a new left fielder and, um, and you know, some new direction. All right,
1: we'll dig deeper into the move that the Braves did made and uh, what, what they'll still want to accomplish here in the next couple of months before spring training. And we'll also look at are the Braves just now better after the first six weeks of the offseason? Will there be any more pitching on the way? And we know you got a lot of questions, so we've got the Ask Justin segment coming up. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome aboard, and please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta
3: Journal-Constitution.
1: All right, well, first off, before we get into uh, into the trades, um, it's been a while, buddy. How you been?
2: Doing well, man. Uh, doing well. It's been a um, – shoot, I mean, what? It's been a couple months of the off season now. Uh, so just, yeah, hanging out. Uh, we moved my girlfriend from Salt Lake City to Atlanta. That was great. Um, that was a fun drive. Did that right after the GM meetings. Um, GM meetings were fun. Uh, like everybody else, in Atlanta and in Georgia, I'm a huge college football fan, so I've been uh, I've been very invested. Uh, so that was fun. I I'm glad I'm not a Florida State alum. Um, that was that was a little rough. That was a little brutal, but yeah, uh, it's been good. It's been good every every year when I go to the winter meetings. It almost feels like baseball season's just creeping up, man. And then after the winter meetings, you kind of like it, it seems like that space between the winter meetings and Christmas always flies, and then right after that, you're, you're basically kind of to spring training after that that last month, that month of January. So it's uh, it's been good. What about you? I hear you're experiencing some changes.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, announced it on social media the other day, uh, picking up some uh, extra work uh, inside the company over at Dog Nation, but uh, the podcast will be in good hands. We've got a lot of fun stuff uh, coming out of the sports department. Uh, but first things first now, the final word from Alex Anthopoulos after the winter meetings on uh, where the Braves are at.
0: And we're looking to add, we're not looking to subtract. So um, We have not at this moment, like I can could change, but we have not talked about subtracting from our club. We're looking to add, you know, in various ways. Now that can mean prospects, uh, but in terms of the, the core of our team and guard, our outfield is set, we've been consistent with that, our infield is set, um, our rotation has room, um, our bullpen is set. We still have a spot we could do something with. Um, and um, that's kind of how we've
1: gone about it. So it doesn't sound like there was a whole lot on Alex's shopping list. We'll get to the pitching in a minute, but uh, it looks like the outfield's set now.
2: Yeah. I, and what I found interesting about that was when he was asked about um, whether he was done with left field after trading for Jared Kellenick on a Zoom. That happened really right after it was, shoot, I think it was 10.30, 11 p.m. He just said yes and then paused. And then kind of went into something else, but I get to you know Alex said the Braves see it as Kalanick uh, and Grissom. Kalanick's a left-handed hitter, uh, Grissom and righty, so it's a platoon. I I think Grissom would probably be the short side of that platoon, no matter you know. I don't know how things will go. Um, I, I mean, I could see them splitting time uh, because the Braves like Grissom, or so they keep saying. Whether that's to bump his trade value who knows I think they genuinely do think he his bat would be good for the lineup um but it's difficult to know where to put him so it seems like he's going to be in left field and and kind of everywhere for now um but I've covered Alex for a couple years now and I'm not saying he's lying but I do think that if there's a deal that falls in his lap that gets him an established kind of bona fide left fielder like a better option, an everyday option, uh, more of a veteran option. I think, yeah, I think he's going to – I think he would take it, man, um, because, I mean, you, you you can't pass up on those deals. Uh, sometimes something arises that you didn't see coming, kind of like when he said that the catchers were set last year. Uh, well, at that time, he didn't know that he was going to be able to get Sean Murphy for what he eventually got Sean Murphy for. Um, and so, you know, anything can happen. But, yes, I think the Braves, at this point – are probably um, fine with left field, and uh, we'll talk about Kellenick in a minute. But I think they need another starter. I mean, I think they got to get another starter, um, another proven starter. It doesn't have to be a number one, number two, obviously. But I think, I think they they need somebody, and they can't exactly go cheap on that. They need a, a good solid option uh, to give themselves a little more insurance in that rotation. The bullpen, though, Jay. For as much as I said that the winter meetings were slow. That would be discounting Alex's work in November and the end of October, man. Holy smokes. He brings back Piers Johnson. He brings back Joe Jimenez. He signs Ronaldo Lopez. He trades for Aaron Bummer. I That bullpen looks stacked. On our show, um, we on that wrap-up show we did, I think I mentioned how the Braves did not have a lot of pitches in that bullpen above 96 miles an hour. Um, They've had... <laughs> added a lot more, and almost everybody in that bullpen now, I think everybody, so if, you, if you're if you looking at the seven spots in the bullpen, everybody, the top seven, everybody throws 94 or above. Uh, so that that's going to play.
1: Well, let's get to the overarching question first, then. Are the Braves better now than they were uh, when we left Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia a couple months ago?
2: Yes. I... They like Kellinick's defense. I think the bat's got some upside. We'll see what they do with the bat. I think there's a chance, like that one's not a real, you know, risky. I guess it's a risky upside play, upside bet. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We knew what Eddie Rosario was, right? Whether he was performing to that level or not, we kind of knew what he was. We knew what he could do. I don't know how Kellinick's going to do. But I think just the sheer fact of, you know, Bring back Charlie. Uh, you have more experience now for Elder, Shaver, you know, those guys. Um, and I think the bullpen makes them better. I think because they have more velocity and more stuff coming out of that bullpen, they are better. Uh, and I wonder, I think Alex probably had a lot of takeaways from that NLDS, but the one he mentioned that might drive the offseason, I kind of wonder if that was power arms just simply because it's not like the Braves' bullpen did a bad job. The Braves' bullpen was awesome in that series. But... Um, you know, to the extent they could be. But the Phillies using those high-velocity, you know, maximum stuff guys, that's kind of how they neutralized the Braves. Um, and that's kind of how they they kept them at bay a little bit. Um, and, you know, while their own bats could, could get hot. So I think, I mean, I do think they are better. I think they need more. I think they need more to be, you know, way better. But I, I do think they're a little bit better just because I like... I like Ronaldo Lopez, right? Because now you're talking about Pierce Johnson, Joe Jimenez, Ronaldo Lopez, A.J. Minter, and Rysel Iglesias. That's like – that is five guys there that I just mentioned. Um, and, I mean, Jay, you know this. There are only nine innings in baseball, man. <laughs> Who's <laughs> Brian sticker has got some options for innings seven through nine now. Uh, and I – I just really, really like those additions. And I just believe I've seen bullpens be great equalizers. We've seen Tampa Bay do it all the time where their lineups don't seem like they're dominant or terrific or, you know, high octane, high powered, but their bullpens and the pitching staff keeps them in games. And I think the Braves, if the Braves can kind of model that, uh, I can tell you this, I'm going to go, you know, on a not so bold prediction for 24 and say that the Braves offense is going to be pretty good. So, uh, So I think I do think that what they've done in the bullpen makes them better.
1: So the new addition to the offense is Jared Kelnick. And okay. there was kind of a vibe after, I don't know, do we want to call it the great purging of November when the Braves uh, cleared about 10 spots on their 40-man rotation that maybe they were kind of bumping up on a budget thing? Yeah. And then Alex takes on like $24 million. He ships some of it off, but takes on a significant amount of money to pick up Jared Kelnick.
2: Yeah, and that was consistent with what he said. Um, and I, I talked to uh, Braves chairman Terry McGurk the week of the GM meetings, and Terry was saying that it is fair to say that that glide slope that the Braves have been on, i.e., you know, adding payroll, will continue. Um, and he said it was fair to assume that. And then Alex that same day said um, that payroll would be going up. He was like, and, and you know, in total Alex fashion, he was like, to what extent, you know, I'm not going to say, but – he said payroll would be going up, and I yeah I think anytime fans see, kind of quote unquote cuts right like for example Kyle Wright was only going to make in the low one millions uh, this year in arbitration, and then he wouldn't have made any more next year because he's not going to pitch this upcoming season. So, I mean when you look at that, you're like oh did the you know I I think fans have the thought of oh my god are they going cheap like why would they give up on a guy like that, but. All along, you know, Alex maintained they would be adding payroll. Uh, and they did. They took on the bad contracts of Marco Gonzalez and Evan White. Uh
1: who's a gold glover, it, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, so, you know, to get Jared Kelenic, I like the upside play. I mean, I think if you're looking at what the Braves have traditionally done, like their payroll commitments, you know, were such that I didn't know how much they were going to be able to add, you know, just that they were going to be able to add because you have to figure that like guys are making more, right? Like Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, Sean Murray, like you have to look at all those extensions. You know, there are going to be some guys making more uh, as the contracts get backloaded or are backloaded. So as you get to those years, so it's going to keep going up payroll is going to keep going up naturally. So to what extent was really the big question. And when you looked at it, I don't know if there was the ability for the Braves, unless they found both in a trade, to get a terrific left fielder and a terrific starting pitcher, right? Because that's going to drive the payroll up so much. I like Kelenic. I mean, I like what it is. Uh, He showed a flash before fracturing his foot by kicking a water cooler last summer. Um, And what I mean by that is, Jay, he had his 11 home runs, 59 games. In April, he hit a homer in four straight games and then had a, you know took a few games off from hitting one, and then hit a homer in three straight games. Um, I really like, I mean, I, it's a former top prospect. I mean, talent talks, talent speaks. Talent shows up. Um, he's got potential. Um, I would assume Kevin Seitz was very excited about getting to work with him, uh, and I, I just think that this is, this is probably where the Braves needed to go. Like, I think their resources had to be dedicated to getting a starter, and they were. Like, I heard they were very much in on Aaron Nola. Uh, in fact, they were a finalist for Aaron Nola. Um, and so I think their resources, you know, needed to be used. If they were going to pick one on, on starting pitcher, uh, And I think you can kind of get by with the left fielder because your offense is so good. I like this kind of upside bet. All right. So now to the to the rotation question.
0: Look, there's good players out there, right, both trade and free agency, and we're going to pursue those things. So, um but we're not just sitting there saying, "Hey, we're gonna go just like we weren't gonna just go get a left fielder, right? No matter what, we're not getting a starter, no matter what." So, um, I think it was important because there's a lot of false reports out there about us, and I just think it's important to up until this moment, at this moment in time, that you know the reliever that we pursued was Aaron, Aaron Bummer, the only outfielder we we pursued um, was Jared Kelnick. You know, those are, that's the only position player that we've, we've pursued. So. Um, But we have obviously explored, there's been some really good starters available that have signed um, in free agency. And there's been some starters available in trade that we've pursued and talked about.
1: And about some of those rumors and why you don't hear a lot of them pop up.
0: We keep our circle so exceptionally tight and close. And that's why it's not, there's definitely not the intent to come across as arrogant by any stretch, but... When we say if it's likely out there for a long period of time, look, something is breaking and we announce it a few hours later. I mean, it was done. You know, we're just dotting the I's, crossing the T's. But if something is out there for days or weeks, and I'm sure I could go through everything over a 12-year GM career, but I think for the most part, it's probably not going to be accurate.
1: All right, so here's how I want to try to translate that and tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. He said if something's been out there for days and weeks, it's probably not right. Does that mean Dylan Cease won't be a Brave?
2: Good good attempt at a translation. I, It's funny that you'd interpret it that way because that that's one of the rumors that's kind of been going around. And I'm always very careful to be definitive because things can change. But I'm just going to say, I guess the way I can put it is nothing that I've heard at this point makes me think Dylan Cease will be a Brave. Um, that could obviously change, right? Because, yeah, Alex does keep a very tight circle. He's not leaking, you know, Trade talks or free agent interests or or anything like that, um. And I asked Scott Boris the other day at his you know annual you know holding court, uh for the press um, whether he thinks Dylan Cease will be traded, and he said that there are a, you know, a it's hard to find a player who's top five Cy Young guy. Well, there are a lot of teams who would want that player. There are a lot of teams who would think they have the players for that player, and he said that. I'm not sure that Chris Gets, the White Sox GM, agrees, but he thinks they're going to cross that bridge for sure. My translation of that was Dylan Cease will probably be traded, but the package right now from the White Sox, the ask is very high. Uh and I I don't for 2 years of control, I don't know that Alex would give up key prospects, you know? Like I don't know he would give up the rest of the you know, remaining team control of AJ Smith Shaver uh, and Von Grissom, and you know, I I think that might be what the White Sox would be asking for to start with is Grissom and Smith Shaver, perhaps. I you know I don't know, but you have to look at it from this angle too. Like Scott Boris is known, you know, as good as he is at his job, is known for taking guys to free agency. So if the Braves don't think they can extend Dylan Cease, like it's going to need to be a package for them. You know, I'm speaking theoretically here. It's going to need to be a package, you know, for them that warrants two years of control. You know, it's like, if they don't think they can extend him, I don't like that to me, you know, seems like a bit of a long shot right now. Uh, But like I said, like things could have changed, you know, since the last time I asked on it. So it's like, I, I'm never, I'm always careful to not speak definitively, but Alex does keep a very tight circle and as somebody who covers the team, I know like there have been a lot of those rumors that, you know, are probably false. Um, and I'm not just believing him. I just know like he's not leaking them. Um, and there are, you know, a lot of teams who try to keep, you know, a tight hold on things. So a lot of time that information that comes out probably isn't firsthand. Um, so I mean, I, you know, it, it, there are, I know fans want rumors, but a lot of them this offseason seem to have been false.
1: One thing that did kind of surprise me was Alex keeps most things close to his vest. He made it very clear, if you have signed a long-term extension with this organization, you're probably not going to get traded. And he put that rumor to bed.
2: Yeah, yeah. so like, I asked him because my, my whole thought process is that I know like, if you're trading for controllable starting pitching, teams probably want a fair amount back, right? And I was like, would the Braves ever use, you know, trade off their starting lineup or something? Like, would they ever have to feel like they got, cre- you know, have to get creative or would they ever be open to that? And so I just asked about that. Uh, and he he used it <laughs> as, as a uh, a way to make it clear over almost five minutes that the Braves will not be trading any of the young guys Um, that they extended they will not be trading anybody from Michael Harris to Ozzy Albies Alex left himself a few outs he said you know barring a sharp drop in performance something off the field an injury you know injury issues something like that but he made it very clear again and again and again over the course of four minutes that they will not be doing that Uh, he doesn't believe in that one I mean the Braves aren't looking to subtract but two you can't it would be bad business right like looking at it you can't have these guys sign long-term extensions and trade them a few years in uh that doesn't show very well on your organization or on your end of the commitment um of that long-term deal uh so they will not be doing that so michael harris will be staying ozzie albies will be staying you you can just count on that unless there are those extenuating you know unforeseen circumstances um but alice was pretty was pretty firm in this i mean he you know, I think at one point he said he's seen articles saying that um, and I did not write any of this. I want to put that out there. I, I actually was trying to figure out what it was, but he said he's seen articles saying like, ah, they should trade this guy. Ah, would they trade, you know, this guy? And he said, he said, if you're reading one of those, tear it up, light it on fire. He goes, waste of your time. Won't happen. You know, hasn't been discussed, you know, isn't going to happen. So he was, I mean, he went out as hard as I've ever seen him, you know, against something uh, and was just very, very like firm against that. And so, yeah, they will not be trading, you know, any of those guys they extended. Jay, fun example for you here. So he had Jose Bautista one time. He extended him when he was Toronto's GM. Apparently, there was one time that another team asked for. Uh, Jose Bautista and was going to give the Blue Jays a superstar like it would have been a great value for value trade apparently and because of this principle like Alex didn't do it you know didn't entertain it but um, but I thought that was interesting that he was willing to go so hard against the notion that the Braves you know would would trade you know anybody like that um, because it's like you know he, he usually keeps close to his vest but yeah he uh, we know where he stands there now
1: alright uh, coming up so where does Alex stand on the biggest star currently out there? And uh, we got the answers to your questions. The mailbag's open. Ask Justin. segment is next. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
3: When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers. So we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart.
1: All right, so before we dig into the mailbag, uh, we cannot have a baseball podcast without addressing Shohei Ohtani.
0: I can't talk, obviously, about any free agents at all. Um, What I can tell you is that we have not – we are very happy with our position player group. Uh, we had a very good offense last year. Uh, we've only pursued one uh, position player this offseason. That was Jared Kelnick, that we were able to get a deal done. And we have not explored any other position players in any capacity.
1: Like to translate that for us?
2: Yeah, at the sake of being wrong, because Alex has kept close <laughs> to his vest. And <laughs> there were a few fans, Jay, that pointed out when I tweeted that out that Otani isn't a position player. He's a <laughs> DH and a pitcher. He's a two-way player. Yep. Um, so I don't know if that was intentional by Alex, but I translated that as I can't talk about free agents, so I'm not going to talk about who I'm not interested in um, because I can't do that. But uh, we have not delved into signing Otani or <laughs> pursued him. Uh, there was a rumor that the Braves had. I don't th- – like everything – I, that rumor did not come from me. Everything that I know about the Braves, that, you know, I, that, that would be, that would be off absolutely opposite to everything Alex has done. Um, in terms of, you know, that guys are set up and where, you know, the top guy is going to be making 22 million a year. Um, I mean, not saying they won't ever break that cap. I'm just saying like, or, that it is a cap. I'm just saying that Otani would be making so much more. It would not be sustainable to sign a guy like that and keep your payroll in a good spot long-term. Um, also, like, I wonder how... I don't know if this factors in, uh, and this is something fans don't maybe don't care about, but Otani doesn't speak to reporters, really, that often. And so a lot of times the Japanese media, which is just trying to do their jobs, like, they're asking all these other guys' questions about Otani. So, like, I wonder how bringing, like, kind of, you know, just that, you know, having a little more buzz in the clubhouse, like, that affects things. Like, I just don't – and I don't know that the Braves would do it. Like, I just that – that is not Braves. Um, he could surprise us. I Until Otani signs somewhere, uh, you never know what Alex might do. But that's just – that's not going to happen to the Braves. I don't think that happens to the Braves because – um, it's it's pretty opposite to what they've done.
1: All right, now uh, now time to follow up on that with our first Ask Justin segment of the, uh, of, the of the Hot Stove League, uh, and okay. we'll answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter
2: at Justin C Toscano. Uh
1: First up uh, from Malcolm Jones: If the Braves aren't in on Otani or Yamamoto, why? The battery prints money, and a new TV slash streaming deal is coming in 2025.
2: Yeah, no, I know that's that's a decent question. I mean. And, good question i mean like a you know like a fair question is what i mean but um i just think that the way they've structured it they're they're built to win sustainably because they're keeping their payroll at general increases like they're not they wouldn't be able to do that by signing otani or yamamoto like the battery does print money but the braves still are it's still a business like they're not you know they're not going to spend like drunken sailors uh, as Mets owner Steve Cohen once said Um, and uh, the Braves aren't going to spend like that like I I don't they could sure but I don't foresee it Um, that's why I was careful not to say Otani won't be coming to the Braves but just that look like I it's opposite of what the Braves have done in terms of general you know steady payroll increases nothing huge Nothing that breaks the bank, uh, nobody over 22 million and nobody way over 22 million. Um, I just don't see it because they can improve. they're already good and they can improve in other ways where they don't need one of those guys that you know might hamstring them. And, and here's another thing too. like I don't know, you know like I, I mentioned the clubhouse buzz. like I think the Braves love flying under the radar and winning 100 games. Like, I don't know that they, you know, you could talk about the business prospects of Otani and, like, the fandom he brings and the the coverage he brings. I don't know that, like, the Braves care. They've already got revenue streams. Like, they're already clearly very good at making money. Um, And and I just wonder how that would play, like, in the clubhouse where there's so much attention on one guy um, and everybody else has got to kind of fend for themselves because of it. Um, And I'm not saying Otani's a clubhouse issue. I'm just saying that... The Braves have set that up very, very well. I just I don't think it makes a lot of sense for either of them, um, and I don't think the Braves spend like that this winter.
1: From Mary J., are there any legitimately good starters left out there via trade or free agency that the Braves could, could or should go for? Or can you think of any pitchers out there that no one has considered that could be a surprise signing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think Dylan Cease is really good.
1: Yeah, well, well, well. In fact, he's not bad. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a hometown guy. Yep. He lives in Woodstock in the off season. Um, he went to Milton High. Uh, I think, honestly, I think Shane Bieber's, you know, would would Shane Bieber would be good. Um, Corbin Burns is good. I don't know if those, you know, those three that I mentioned will end up being traded, um, but those guys are good. Uh Jordan Montgomery still hasn't signed. He's good. I don't think the Braves would go after him. Uh one that would be an interesting fit is Seth Lugo. Uh yeah. who is kind of been a starter reliever, swingman, type. I mean he was that when I covered him in New York, he was a full-time reliever. Uh and he started for San Diego this past year. Um, I think the Braves could do, you know, could do well with him. Uh, with you know him as the number a number four number five guy, uh, whatever it plays out to be, depending on the type of deal he is seeking and will get, um, but and I also think that you know he hasn't. It's not like he's had a full starters workload for his entire career. And the Braves' organizational depth and the way they handle options and build in extra days could help keep him healthy. I think that's a really really nice fit. Um, and he's a guy who's from the South. I believe he's from Louisiana. Um, And so uh, I I think Seth Lugo would be an interesting option for them. Um, Somebody that, you know, that I, I would see for that, but I I really thought they would be, you know, I don't know the extent of their Sonny Gray pursuit, but, you know, it seems like they went hard after Aaron Nola who, you know, eventually went to Philly, which I, I assume gave him more money.
1: Next up from at Ryan Lottinger. What non-40-man player is most likely to be the biggest impact with the Major League team this season?
2: That was pretty easy, and I hope this isn't a cop-out, but I honestly don't have any other answers than, uh, this is an easy one, than Hurston Waldrop, who is, who is <laughs> not yet on the 40-man roster, so I can, I can use that one. That that left me an easy out. Um, no, I, I just think... Look, he he had such a great professional debut last year. He's a college guy, so he's more polished. Um, he really didn't, you know, didn't show any cracks in terms of his performance last year in any of his games. Uh wasn't a ton, but a nice little body of work there. Uh I think there's a chance that he comes up this year and doesn't ever go back down. Maybe that's maybe that's strong, but this is a guy who's look, like I said, he's a college guy, so it's not like you know, A.J. Smith-Schauver was out of high school. Like, Hurston Waldrip's out of college with, you know, um, a great splitter, great stuff. I think that he's a guy that could help the rotation out of spring training if they wanted him to.
1: Next up from Tanner, how's Kelnick's clubhouse presence? I feel like we really needed a kick-the-cooler kind of guy. Just don't break your leg.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like he's kind of a, uh, you know, it seems like he's kind of fiery uh, and he's got some attitude to him. That's not a bad thing. I, I do think the Braves, you know, one of those guys, you know, they needed it, you know, one of those guys too. But it's like, he's young enough where it's not like he's like, I don't think he's would be the same as like a jock, right? Or like a solaire. I think it's a little different because he's, he's still, you know, he's still young. He's still finding himself in the big leagues. Uh, but I'll say this. I don't think he lacks confidence, um, you know, based on what I've heard. And... Uh, and so I you know, I I just I feel like he's gonna be he'll he will be well now that he's getting around Austin Riley and Matt Olson and and, you know Ozzy Albies. Like it's it's gonna be a good spot for him. Like I'm not surprised the Braves thought they could get some upside on this. Um I think uh he's not, you know, he's definitely not old enough yet to be one of those jock type guys with all that, you know, confidence and, and flair in terms of like I don't know if that would have an impact on the team. But uh, I mean he's he's gonna I think he's gonna fit in.
1: Last one from at Angry Snit, all right Any update on Alex Anthopolis' contract final year, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no update. I am sure they will I mean when we talked to Alex last uh, spring for this podcast, he said he's gonna be here for a long time. as long as they want him here, he's gonna be here. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything, you know, surprising on that uh but you know the organization you know is probably you know knowing alex they'll announce that at some random time because he doesn't want the focus on himself uh, but i don't i don't expect anything to go awry with that all right so that's
1: where we will leave it uh we did a show in about a half an hour because uh, right now it's still kind of quiet which means um we've still got the rest of month of december and january for things to happen so stay with us
2: yeah yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we'll be back in case anything does happen. Uh, we, if we added a segment on the that weird non-tender stuff, man, we'd be going over an hour because that was like a flurry. Kyle, right? Michael Soroka. I mean, there were some. It, it almost that almost feels like a different off season to be completely honest, because it was such a rash of moves. But uh, yeah, we kept this one tight.
1: How many spots are left on the forty man now? Well, there's still plenty of room, right?
2: Yeah, six, seven, I think. I'm trying to think. Six, seven. Evan White was outrighted. On Perdomo was signed. Angel Perdomo actually underwent Tommy John surgery in October, so he won't pitch. That was an interesting move signing him to a split non guaranteed deal when he won't pitch in twenty twenty four. So probably some upside there. Um thirty-four, I think, thirty five. So five, five or six? I'm trying to I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, plenty of
1: plenty of rooms. Plenty it's yeah,
2: uh there will be additions. I would be very, very surprised if the Braves went into spring with a roster that looked like this one.
1: So uh, we'll uh, we'll stand by, wait for more, wait for the smoke to come up when the Braves make another decision. So uh, stay with us, and uh, if you have not done so, rate, review, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. And we'll be back on the next Braves report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.